right, guys, I'm going to um, I'm going to throw things off a little bit here and start with a preamble because um, and I mentioned this last night to, to Shane. Um, this is actually our 50th episode. So I've got a, some cheap champagne. Mark is dra- Mark's dragging the lawn furniture and, around in here. Wait, and are, some uh, some cupcakes. Wait, some, wait, are we are, are we, we recording? We are recording. Yes. Okay, I was just right. wondering what because yeah. you didn't tell so, us that. I was just wondering why you were walking around your garage so, like, so pulled, talking into the mic. Does that mean we're like one. halfway yeah. to podcast syndication? I, I is know. that how that works? Or, I doubt or, that or that's how that works. That's how it works on the old TV. On the TV, oh, okay, yeah, well, oh, hundred ep- episodes. Well, I think might it be used different. To work that way, but it they're they've relaxed the about it. No, yeah. So we have champagne and cupcakes. Cupcakes. Yeah, so if Shane, if you'll it's do the, the fifty podcast episode there. traditional. Oh sure, yeah. Let me put this oh, down. Sure, yeah. A little bit of service industry happening right here in this garage. It's uh, five and a half turns on the cage, by the way, pal. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, that came up in a wine too. Is that true? It is true. Is it universally true? Like, I mean, can you rush it and get there in four? That's, that's the the wine cage is a pretty universal uh, application Yeah, on your bubble. Hey, that's exciting. Well, a little but bit of Lawrence Welk before the show. I should have held up the microphone to the, the bottle. That's right. Yes, Mark. I, I, I knew that we were, uh, were doing – he sent me a text last night and said this is our 50th episode. Which is very exciting. Is we really have, exciting. It seems like we have lots of reasons that we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like we're always trying to find reasons on this show to, that, to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. Mark's trying to light candles on yeah, the cupcake, but there's a fan blowing. <laughs> it's fan blowing blow. the candles we out. Got it. We got it figured out now. So can, candles lit? Are, are uh, he's holding the mic up to you. You're the, lighting four of six candles? Well, there's I only four of us. Okay, I got you. Okay, yeah. And they're black candles because it's our 50th. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works, but okay. Is uh, that the? I don't even want. No, to no, know. no. The, they, it's yeah. like one of those over the hill things. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah, Lordy, Lordy, look who's fifty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's play some music. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. So I, I told um, Shane last night through text that I had found some interesting information on the Internet. Interesting to us. Interesting to us. Uh, where they you're, keep it. you're familiar, I'm sure, if you are a long-time listener, even a short-time listener, if you listened to last week's episode, uh, about Shandosia and the song Pink Panties, which we have kind of adopted as our... It's kind of our unofficial theme song. Yeah, it's, artificial um, theme song. We're trying to, to shepherd it out well, of the world. It's, also it's a pet a, project, it's a, too. It's a cause de celeb. As it were, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like our French? it's like our rainforest as to sting. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's exactly like a rainforest. So um, <laughs> when, when I was doing when Something I was producing, was <laughs> God, <laughs> sorry. Let, let the man speak. Go, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. When I was producing uh, last week's show, I uh, went on to Spotify to see if I could grab uh, some uh, sound bites from the song. And when I did a search on Spotify for Pink Panties. Lo and behold, a uh, what comes up is this uh, this artist named Verktile, and it's Pink Panties. And I did listen to it; it's the exact same. It's the song, same song. That's what I was exact same ask. recording. Uh, it was released this year, 2015. 
So, Ver- Verkstyle, so I'm just like taking a, a second crack at it under a different name. Is that they rebranding? Well, that's what I was trying that's to figure what, out. Yeah, yeah, nobody really knows yet. See, that, well, I do know actually. Oh, you I, do. I have found out the information uh, because if you go uh, to, um, oh, well, now I can't remember where I saw it, but if you actually go to to the information on Shandosia and the song, you'll see that uh, this song was co-written. Um, I can't remember the other uh, writer, but uh, uh, it was co-written by a Demond Verktile Walker. So this guy actually wrote the song "Pink Panties" and has now released it under his own name. But it's, but Ch- it's not recorded. But they're they're not they're not the same person. They're not the same person. Are you sure this isn't like an Andy Kaufman? Uh, what was his supposed well, manager's uh, name? No, I'm Tony not Clifton. sure. Tony Clifton. Tony yeah. Clifton. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Well, I will say one thing. Like both Shandosia and Verktile sound like they got their names from like they're a bunch of Scrabble pieces, like upside down, and they just randomly pulled up. I think Verktile the, sounds like a, a superhero. Like, no, it sounds like a cast off East German. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe they both East do German the, superhero. Uh, yeah, Verktile. They also both do the 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 two syllable name with each syllable capitalized. So it's Verk Tile. I wonder if they're working. This they is w- some intrigue right here. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, any little bit helps to drive this cause forward. I the the way I look at it is that the direction that it's going. Well, I mean, <laughs> forward. <laughs> it's going forward. It's going it forward might be from slowly. Something. We've got like a narrative now. No, I'm excited. We're we're we are influencing. However, the the jump up this week. From the last two weeks, uh, it was not as significant. Well, I don't think we brought it up in a while. And, no, no, and we talked the, about it last week. Well, we talked about it last week, but that show hadn't gone up yet. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for discovering that, Mark. Yeah. Now you know I'm going to get drunk while we record this tonight and go home and like try to figure out the mystery of... <laughs> Verktile. Verktile. Maybe, I love, I love maybe it, it is actually Scott Stat. Uh, that would yeah, oh, blow man, my fucking yeah. head. Um I love how you said East German. Like, it's still in you the East Germans are, like, the bad. There, there hasn't been an East <laughs> Germany for 25 years, but they're still, like, well, the bad no, guys. Well, no, I think, you know, it was, it was like, say, like, a, an East German underground comic, you know. Like in the 80s? It's splitting like hairs, 80s, but it's, yeah. like, it's, like, worse than a German comic. <laughs> than a, uh, yeah, a regular German comic. So you'll have to understand the reason that this is funny. So I'm really doing a really shitty. Uh, uh, what's his face? Who used to do the Late Late Show? Um, oh right, um, the Scottish guy who no, did an amazing. Craig Ferguson? Yes, yeah, Craig God, Ferguson. out of sight. For I like, thought you said uh, Turd Ferguson at first, and that's well, that's Turd Ferguson name. probably did a little bit of time on that show. That would be his East German name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right, but this anyway, is devolving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so I picked this week, and I we. Um, had decided that we wanted to revisit the strange and interesting world of Jay Tillman, Josh Tillman, a.k.a. Father John Misty. So this is the album I Love You, Honey Bear by Father John Misty. And lots of things to say about it. Well, lots of things to say about him again, too. Uh, Anybody want to start here? I think it's I think it's worthwhile to mention that in the pitchfork review and fortunately like with an art I will say that one one particular observation on Father John Misty is like I think it's not 
One thing that strikes me about uh, spending a little bit of time, certainly with this record and the previous record, is that you're sort of not always aware of a band or an artist that is sort of in their kind of creative, uh, like hitting their creative stride, sometimes until after the fact. And I feel like maybe it's a a little bit of it is a factor of of the hype that has surrounded him since he has... uh, become part of the zeitgeist or the conversation or what have you but but we're kind of along for the ride right now yeah but it's like but it's like you i was conscious that i was like okay this is this is an artist that's sort of in the moment this is relevant right now and it's not like and they're good they're good records anyway uh no i just wanted to read one sentence from uh from this uh pitchfork review which says that i'm taking this totally out of context uh, for someone fond, that. for someone fond of Glockenspiel's, Tillman says the word "fuck" a lot, and that's true. That's Both of those things are true. Yes. Well, and the, you bring up a good point. Um, a lot of this record, with the exception of two songs, which I'll, I'll bring up later, a lot of this record sounds like one of my favorite genres, which is seventies AM gold, but with cussing uh, oh, and more yeah. clever lyrics. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like it's got a little bit of like an undercurrent of Mister Show in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah kind of. Like, <laughs> like, just inappropriate cussing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, just not where you're expecting it. Uh-huh. And, and he's really blunt, at, but clever, like a motherfucker. And, like, not everyone loves 70s AM Gold. I'm a huge fan. No, not, yeah, not, I am not too. all of it, but, like, you know, Afternoon Delight, brilliant, brilliant song, and not in an ironic way. But anyway, a lot of this stuff, you know, you get the strings in it and, you know, kind of swelling and, and, like, an almost oversaturated production, but, like, it's. A really good record, but it, it definitely lands in that kind of soft rock category more often than not, but with a lot of swearing. Yeah, I hated this record. It, it's definitely not. I, I hate That's this. That's really I interesting. Hate, no, I didn't hate this record. Yeah, I was, I, yeah. I was, I was not, not buying that for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah it's. Uh, uh, did I say hated it? What I meant was it's one of the best things. I've. It's definitely the best record of this year, in my opinion. Um, I think this is one of the best things I've listened we'll, to we'll in a long time. That, yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah. I mean, it's in, it's up. It's no, it's in the conversation it's, for sure. It's yeah. I it, mean, I knew that that you and I would, but yeah, I mean, it couldn't. I like this record better than a lot more than Fear Fun. Actually, Fear Fun is um, incredible, but I feel I feel like the songs get more pedestrian as it goes on, and then there's a there's a noticeable drop in quality. I don't. For me personally, like there's. No, this not is rock a, solid all the way through. All the way through. Oh. Not only was not only w- was um, I read a review, uh, and or just a a snippet of, of a review, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the guy said um, there's a uh, after the outstanding first half of the record, there's a lag in the second half, and then he says one of the songs, um, "Strange Encounter," which I think is one of the strongest songs on the record. That there's no hooks in it. And it's just hook after hook after hook after hook. I mean, it, it's starting with uh, the girl overdosing in his apartment, and then there's just like these crazy strings and timpani, and uh, yeah, it's f- fucking almost flawless. You know, the in- the interesting thing for me about uh, rolling around in this record a little bit after having spent some time with the first one is, uh, aside from what I've already brought up, is that like my comfort curve on uh fear fun like that was one of those records that i sort of had to spend some time with to really fall in love with it like i didn't i didn't i didn't love it right like i liked it but i didn't love it right away yeah and it and i think it's because because it came to me from what felt like sort of an oblique 
angle, and I didn't have that same. We don't have a reference point for right with this one. I had a reference point. Yeah, so like, yeah I, I think like, that's interesting that you. I mean, it like for me, like I got it right away, but I knew who he was, and I knew he was going to be doing something different. But those, um, but I that makes complete sense to me because let's face it, there's no nobody does anything like what this dude is doing right now. No, he's carving out his own niche. No, I think like him and Sergio Simpson and Courtney Barnett are the three most singular voices that we've covered. You know, yeah. is it is it interesting? Well, and you can make the argument that all three of them are funny, but at least two of them are overtly funny. Like, I think all yeah. three of them yeah, are yeah, funny. All three of them I are mean, funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, Sturgill might sound a little more earnest, but I mean, there's definitely an undercurrent. Yeah, well, and you can't I mean, you can't cover promise. I was gonna yeah, say no, yeah, the like, fact that he be, that he did a cover. I realized as that was coming out promise. of my face, I was like, promise. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. for you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> why, why don't we listen to a song off this, like? Um, I mean, I I could do every single one of them, but I think the let's not play all of them in a row. That would just be the whole record. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the whole album. We'll come back and say a few words and tell you good night. <laughs> Thanks everybody. All right, good night. Um, you know, I'm tempted to say Chateau Lobby number four, but I, I feel like that's that was the the. the I mean, I feel like we, single we that have landed. to. I mean, to me, that's it's a, it's a, it's amazing. It's an do insanely it. good song. Play yeah, okay, do let's it. do it. Let's find Chateau Lobby number four in, in for two uh, in C for two virgins. C for two virgins. Yes, good night. Am I spread and butter like the queen would have ostrich cold the wine will have satanic Christmas Eve and play piano in the chateau lobby. I've never done this, baby, be gentle. Like the the second uh, one of those songs that like the second I heard it, it's I was one like of, it's this is genius. It's genius, and like there there's just so many little things that 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 make up that like the horse clomps with the uh, the mariachi horns. For me, it's like no, it's the muted trumpet at the end. Well, yeah. mariachi horns, yeah. right? You just don't expect any of that stuff. Uh, I mean, it just it's just such like one of the things that they do really well and, and uh, did well on the on the first record for fun is the. Um, how densely packed and produced these songs are, but how organic they still sound. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on. Well, it's, it's something that he has in common with, like, Rufus Wainwright. Well, I'm glad you brought Rufus Wainwright up, because today, for the first time, um, I had this record on, in the and it was in the background. I, um, I was just listening to it one more time while I was cleaning my house, and I was like, you know... There are elements of this that remind me of Rufus Wainwright, and I had never. I mean, they don't. No, it's not the same instrumentation. They don't sound alike. Rufus doesn't really cuss. I don't think occasionally, but I mean, they. I mean, it's kind of a timber quality in their voices. Like his voice is really strong. Amazing voices. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's and there's a lot of stuff, especially if you go back and, um, like his like mid career stuff, like 2004, 2005, like. 
uh, what were the double albums that he put out? Um, want Ooh, One. Rufus? Yeah, like Want One and Want Two. Uh, anyway, better than I do. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, like a lot of jam-packed production stuff going on, you know. With uh, I think, but the, it still sounds like it's real people playing real instruments. Right, and, it doesn't, and it, not necessarily over rehearsed, but just captured. Right, really well. that's yeah. I mean, it's it, it it's so weird to me because there's a fine line that you can go through where you're where shit just sounds too produced and. This is right and up to that line, right before you get to two produced. I, I, you know, it is, um, but it's, but it's not. It, it's right up to the line, but it. It's really it. well produced. At some points in this record, I kind of wished it sounded a little more organic, um, but it's, I, it's. I really can't complain. Do you think that's the strings? Maybe there's a lot of strings in it, there's and that, that does like add an extra layer of production to it. But I think part of the reason why is just the way it his. Like his melodies, there's still like a sparseness in the way that he's singing and playing guitar. Almost, it's just incredibly well mixed and produced. No, I like, mean, I, if if, th- if this was my record, I would be high fiving whoever fucking engineered yourself, which is really clapping. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hooray for me! Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so let me ask you guys this: like, so another little excerpt out of this same uh, Pitchfork bit that kind of stuck with me because it's. It seems like a little bit of a thread that runs through not just this record, but his work. Uh, this guy says, Tillman is funny, but his humor is driven by meanness and self-loathing. He's sweet, but he can't manage to say anything nice without smothering it in jokes like a dog compulsively trying to cover up his own shit. Which is a good, I read funny. this same review. I mean, that's yeah. a funny thing. It but, is a funny thing, but, but I mean, like, true or not true? Well, like, I, I think know. that's a, like, I think that's just... It's uh, not that far off from Morrissey, if you think about it. No, like, there's a self-deprecating, um, there's a, there's an, there's a need for, I think it's just a matter of, of differing teeth, taste, and less humor. than Morrissey. Like, yes. Well, certainly. Like, I mean, they're not. They're certainly not exactly well, the same, but they're right. both really clever, sure, and, Cle- se- and self-deprecating in caustic. Yeah, in caustic. But I think I, I think that comes down to a matter of the sense of humor. I mean, for years, you know, when Morrissey and the Smiths were reviewed, um, half the reviewers were in on the joke, and the other half just didn't fucking get it at all, and they thought he was just this morose. You know, when you write a song that's song title is "Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now." Yeah. Um, you can see it one of two ways. You listen to the lyrics and you and take them literally. One hundred percent serious. Yeah, yeah, which it's incredibly obvious to me. And I think a lot, you see a lot of this with with Josh Tillman. Like, um, it, it is caustic to some degree. There's a lot of eye rolling in his humor, but I mean, I think it's more like. I think it's less caustic than that description by that reviewer was there about you know the. Well, and you know, and it's not to say that it's like you sort of can't separate. Sometimes you also can't separate the writer from the moment, which is to say that this guy re- recognizes that this is going to be a review that's heavily read, and it's an opportunity for him to sort of uh, get a little bit of his funny out in response to, like, sure. it makes sense to write a little bit of a mean and funny review in response to a guy who co- sometimes comes across And it way. is funny. I mean, the review was funny. I think, like I said, it comes down to a, um, a lot of times a... Uh, it's either your sense of humor or it's not, you know? Like, that guy probably gets the jokes, but it's not. And also, along those same lines, like, sometimes there were, there were a couple of, of these songs that I really had a quibble with the lyrics, the way that they didn't fold into the melodies as neatly, but on repeated listenings, it all made sense to me. And I think sometimes lyrically that, I mean, with the content of the lyrics, not just the uh, how they work syllabically. Let me lift... Uh, uh 
paragraph from the Consequence of Sound review, which talks specifically about this song, and then also a little bit about the Mellow Gold sort of uh, 70s thing that seems to be mm-hmm. going on here. Um, it says here that uh, Father John Misty borrows liter- uh, liberally from Laurel, his Laurel Canyon forebears, chiefly the Eagles and the Fly- Flying Burrito Brothers. I'll leave that to you guys if you make uh, you know, I didn't necessarily draw that conclusion. <laughs> Shane, Shane, Who would Shane, have drawn that Shane, conclusion? Shane's doing his impression. It's of, just, uh, it's just lazy. What's journalism. that animal that lives under the sea that throws up to protect itself? That's what Shane looks like right now. Uh, sea cucumber. There you go. Anyway, Shane also, looks like a sea I look like a sea cucumber. You oh, did for me. Oh. Uh, and also infuses sonic elements from a diverse range of influences. There's no detachment as mariachi horns rise out of the mix in Chateau Lobby Number no. Four. Further adding to the song's celebratory tone, string arrangements, snarling guitar solos, and heavenly choral harmonies rise and fall throughout as tremendous care has been put into fusing these layered arrangements within the album's complicated emotional weight. The last part of that, I think, is totally true. Like, Well, I don't understand. It's, it's like, carefully arranged. It's carefully arranged, sure. I mean, but he said there's no detachment, but then... I mean, listen, listen to this. That, that song has some of the best lyrics, like, lift up your wedding dress and one was probably murdered in. I mean, it's just weird shit. I mean, there's, there's definitely, like, some... Well, and the, and the writer ironic here... Detachment. Ironic detachment. Yeah, right. And that, that reporter or writer or whatever is, is trying to sort of make a determination between when, when he, like, is emotionally attached or detached to his own songs. And sometimes with Father John Misty, I think you can make the argument. It's kind of hard to tell. Like, True. He doesn't always let you in on the joke until the end, and sometimes not even then. Well, so while we're um, talking, discussing that review, there's something that I wanted to mention. And I, I read a, a number of articles and, and reviews, and, um, and, all, and consistently um, it was mentioned in every single one of them. And it's also mentioned on – the Wikipedia page for this album that he is a folk musician, and what the that makes I think it used to be no sense. That's lazy folk. fucking journalism. That is right what there. that is. You know, like you know, I, well, you know, I think he like was when, he, when he was he was Jay Tillman back then, right? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. I mean, it was it still wasn't full. I mean, I've heard a number of those records. They're great records too, completely different, but great mm. music. And also, like, I guess he doesn't like them now, and so like in the, a lot of the uh, interviews, people would just be. Just all these, you know, I I guess he charmed the reviewers or the writers, the journalists, and they were just completely panning these records like. Oh, the Fleet Foxes stuff? No, 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 not Fleet Foxes. Uh, During when he was like prior to that, wasn't it? It was prior to it and during. Well, so I, I read an excerpt of a little piece from The Guardian and I've got it, but I won't go through it word for word. But they like the entire gist of of what I took away from that was like at the time while he was still playing drums for the Fleet Foxes. He was doing some of his solo stuff, and he was like, basically, I would come out and do these sad songs, and then, like, basically, and the, like, no one would notice. Like, right. It's like the audience didn't care, the band reacted like they didn't care, and then he would go to the back of the, you know, like, drum kit, and then play, and he really sort of, like, it, it sort of, to the way that he phrased it, it was like the writing was already on the wall. Well, I mean, and that's, that's, part, that's probably somewhat to do with the fact that he was the opening band. But also, like, sure. if you're there to see a band with drums and harmonies and, and stuff, and you've just got a... Some guy comes out strumming guitar. slow and mid-tempo guitar by himself. Like, I don't care who you are, man. Yeah. That's, it's kind of boring. While we are... Um, we're going to listen to another song. And okay. so I, w- I want to talk a little more about the, the folk. Uh, what was it? True affection? Yeah, know? true affection. I want to talk a little more about the about the folk angle. That's lazy journalism covered. I have a few more things I want to say about that. 
This but, song is not folk. Yeah, let's listen to the least folk song on this record, and um, just as beautiful. Just com- it's totally synthesizer based. So anyway, this is called True Affection. When can we talk with the face instead of using all these strange devices? Seems like you and I need to have a crazy conversation. Wouldn't be that hard. Get along so well. Sentence by sentence. So try and run. Let me show you how. Totally folky. Yeah. I really like the beatbox in that song. Folky. folky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to leave that one alone. Oh, my God. Uh, that was horrible. Uh, I, Please I never, never do that again. The never. thing uh, was, it's like you couldn't all the way commit to it. But it, it yeah, it's sort I, of... No, I can't, and I shouldn't. It sort yeah. of sounded like he was, like, rubbing a balloon a little bit. Like, that might have sounded a little more authentic. Yeah. Uh, rubbing the balloon. Yeah. Okay. No, what I, I do actually think about that song is it's the most postal service of everything on the record. If you took Ben Gibbard out and Yeah, I mean less sure. took out Ben Gibbard and put in Ben Folds. Well, I mean that you'd be closer to where this is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean I can see why you're saying that. Um but yeah, I mean sure. it's it's not, not it, it's not, yeah. It's not that if the whole record sounded like they He writes be, way better it, lyrics than Ben Gibbard. Certainly. Well he writes better lyrics than just about everybody. Sure. And I, well, we think that, but that a certain a certain somebody here will remain unnamed because I have no idea who they are. Thinks that it's they're too caustic and they, it's like a dog that can't cover its own poop or whatever. Oh, I'll look I'm, that guy's name up here. I don't need to know his yeah. name. I don't. <laughs> well, and it's again, I do like think I do think that that's a torches that's and pitchforks. And well, and it's like it's kind of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't if you if you cover this record because if you're funny and clever. Then it seems appropriate, but if you're mean, then it also seems like well, that's technically appropriate too, because he's kind of mean lyrically a lot of the time. But, but you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. But he's also wildly popular right now, so it's uh, you know, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. So, well, go oh, ahead. Well, oh. what I was going to say is, listening to this, you know, the for the first time this past week, there are certain like if you've listened to enough popular music, rock music, pop music, what have you, in the last you know, 30-whatever years, um, you expect certain conventions, you know, and he does rhyme and whatnot, but, like, his, they never go where you think they're going to go. A lot of the time that is, again, just to reference that lyric, take off your wedding dress, someone was probably murdered. Murdered it. Like, what? Oh, so, uh, real quick. Not uh, like you'll be more comfortable or, like, I think you're sexy or whatever. I I love. Yeah, somebody probably died in there. I love on the the last song, what was called, I I went to the store. Um, I went to the store one day. Uh, and how he just inserts this line in well, there. Well, no, you think – okay, well, just – sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 please. I, I interrupted like you. Reading, like reading that 
song title and hearing the first part of the song, I'm like, oh, it's like, uh, yeah, I went off to buy a pack of cigarettes and bailed. And that's what you think it's going to be about. That is not what it's about. And then it's about it's a it's a, a, a retrospective of the relationship and a what what does he say? Like uh, he's like writing about how they met. I, I, I love how the last line in that no, song. It's basically about how like the, you know this little chance encounter and maybe he'd seen her around or whatever but this little chance encounter can turn into the rest of your life right but but that is exactly what that song is good good summation good synopsis uh the last line of that song it just ends kind of abruptly apparently is the first line he ever said to her like you look familiar haven't i seen you around or something like that but he he has a great line in the song and i'm paraphrasing and he says um he says uh Something about insert golden years memory here, you know, because they haven't happened. It's just weird and and also makes so much sense. Like he's trying to write like a no. I mean, they're down to earth with being without being like on the nose. Like he, you know, he doesn't do anything in a direct way, but you get the point if you're paying attention. So what I what I'm wondering is is like at when Fear Fun came out, one of the things that I remember from when we were talking about this record last time or that the previous record was um was that some folks maybe felt like well technically Josh Tillman felt like the the whole like you know somber earnest track with really smart lyrics followed by him doing some sort of like what essentially amounted to like improv or stand up in between tracks like he was kind of getting tired of the in between track stuff like that's what I kind of read between the lines of some of the stuff that we read that I shared last time. Um, what I'm curious about, and having never seen him live, I don't know. Uh, like, if like if he has exercised that particular part of his persona, well, like it I doesn't think, necessarily seem like he has. I think no. In relation, I think what you're talking about is that's in relation to his not Father John Misty. That's in relation to Jay Tillman shows. Where, oh, I didn't uh, get that impression at all. Yeah, but. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I could be wrong, but I, I f- because I feel like if you've if you've ever seen him, I've never seen him live, but I've I've seen him on various and sundry late night programs and things like that, and he has embraced the performance aspect of this music completely. Yeah. Um. So it it feels, and he also refers to himself as a pretty funny person. So I have a feeling that he maybe it, I mean it very well could have been like you know how like whatever reviews are a snippet in time it could have very well been at the end of a long stretch of performing and we all get tired of shit but anyway it doesn't seem like lyrically it seems like he's still kind of on the same page yeah this is this is a more grown-up record there's less of the humor the weird humor stuff than there was on fear fun no it's in there but it's it's a little more muted and there's a lot of domesticity on this record right well he said it was supposed to be a concept record but listen we need to start going to the intermission so I'm just. I don't want to discuss this right now, but I'm just gonna. We'll, we'll throw it about, out there, and we'll. I'm just gonna it throw it up. out there, and we'll, we'll pick it back up after the intermission. And that is that I have a few, truly odd. Nuggets to share about Josh Tillman. Anecdotes. An, well, not anecdotes. I guess anecdotes implies that they were personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's one thing. If you go to his official website where he sells merchandise. He sells a perfume for women called Innocence by Misty. This is a real thing, and we'll talk <laughs> save, about it when we the come rest back. Of this. All right. All 
Okay, so uh, tonight we're going to listen to a track called The Harvest Moon by a band called Pepper Rabbit. Um, when I when I told Mark that this is what we're going to play and that he would want to cue up the video, he was like, is it a Neil Young cover? It is not a Neil Young cover. When Shane just uh, peeked his head around at the computer oh, and was well, like, oh, I love it, this. Wait, then, is it I not? Don't... It's not the cover of, because there's a Harvest Moon cover that came out about two years ago. Okay. By an electronic Kind of band, so yeah. This is this would probably not be that. Okay, okay. I didn't know the name of of the uh, of the group, but so I guess I haven't heard this one before. Anyway, yeah, no, it's a, it's a track I like. It's a it's a band whose uh, catalog I don't know particularly well, but it's one of these songs that was kind of it was actually in rotation probably a couple of years ago, Shane. But I don't think I really don't think it's the same thing, and um, and so yeah, we ought to give it a listen. sure what that video is about i mean a little bit of it is like uh artist life life is art oh, there's some silly string involved dada it is i, totally I love dada. how you i like, love how you it, say like i'm not entirely sure or a hundred percent sure yeah. i'm not entirely any percent 10% sure, percent sure <laughs> what that oh, well, i feel was pretty about? good i was I, I was thinking i was about 20 percent sure okay oh, that's good yeah. yeah as long as you got a number to it uh, there's there's a lot of it's two dudes, and for a while I thought it was going to be like a um, kind of a flipping of the ant and the uh, and the grasshopper fable, you know, like where they're in a museum and looking at things that no, might no, be no, 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 around a French horn. No, they're like <laughs> the, the guys like making equations. I guess they were equations to like showing the other guy how to write songs, and he's not paying attention. He's just playing Sudoku um, or Sudoku. How Sudoku. Are, how are What's that thing it? our dad plays? Uh, the, the thing numbers? with the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah good so, song, uh, nice waltz beat. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing that stuck out to me. So when this popped up on a uh, number of compilations, and they did a big turn at South by a few years ago, um, part of the deal, was, like the backstory in this band, best I can tell, is like there are a couple of guys that I think are based in L.A. Now it's a duo. Um, they were actually friends of friends and met on either coast. And then there, this is the thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and it may or may not relate to what ends up coming out on this song, but. Um, this record was the record that this was uh, that this song comes from was recorded in New Orleans, which is sort of like in between the place where each the of them coast. come from. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I so like the fact that it's a little bit of a throwback on every compilation. And I heard it on more than one at that time a couple of years ago was like, oh, this is like this is 
kind of a stark contrast to all of these sort of indie things that sound very similar. So anyway, it just always stuck with me, and I meant to stick it in here, and now some uh, it's a few minutes with. It's a uh, it's a pretty song for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. Silly, song, a also a weird as shit video in a good way. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I want to know the most, and and we don't have to talk about this video too much more, but I'm still like trying to figure out when uh, the one guy has a dry erase board and he's writing equations on it with pictures of guitars, and I'm like, is he attempting to? Because also, scientifically, scientific, it's the formula for a hit, isn't it? It's true. Well, I guess oh, it equals okay. like none of yeah. And so he's, I like that version. He's showing the, uh, the he's he, he's drawing this up for the guy that's playing the game with the numbers that old people play. But then they're also like in the beginning they're watching stuff in an art gallery. But but then a, a book comes into play, and then toward the end of the video, the 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 ant in my version of this, the guy that's just playing around when he should be paying attention to how to write a fucking hit. God damn it. Yeah, start spraying the other guy with silly string, and then the guy runs off and he and he drops his book, and then the next thing you know, they're they're <laughs> they're in a field playing uh, this music together on a French horn, which apparently didn't belong in this video. Well, this, this and then silly string starts starts coming out of the French horn. Anyway, that's uh that's Pepper Rabbit Harvest Moon. I also like I've been I've been sitting on this song for a few weeks, and uh, that sounds painful. Well, I moved it around, <laughs> and. Uh, and and the the fact that it sort of came up uh, this week, it is uh, like it is. I don't know. It's not the. It's clearly not the same thing as what we're dealing with with uh, Father John Misty, but felt like kind of a fun little interlude. So there well, you have it. I just want to say before we get out of here that this was not the Harvest Moon that I thought it was. But That's because true. of that, I want to play that electronic version of Neil Young's Harvest Moon for you well, guys. Sit on it for a few weeks. Uh, we've already we've already uncovered that that's quite Maybe uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have French horn in it? He is an ass. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, are we going back to the show? You give a guy show? One, I mean we're in the show already. Give a guy one grapefruit shandy. <laughs> When last we spoke of Father John Misty, I had introduced the room to the fact that he, on his official merchandise website, um, you can buy a bottle of uh, Innocence by Misty for $75. Um, but it's sold out. So you can't. Did. So you can't buy a bottle you, you of know Innocence. What would I bet it was musky. You know what would make that perfect? If it, if you have like cupcake frosting yeah, in your I nose. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to eat this cupcake like during the entire podcast. And so I you want to be like smacking? I keep getting a uh, cupcake mustache. Our 50th show cupcake? Yes. Yes. Anyway, to Shane's point um, about Innocence by Misty. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what would be so awesome if you got it and then they had really just like bought out the rest of the Debbie, youth, uh, Debbie Gibson Electric Youth? Uh, perfume and just repackaged it. Well, it sounds <laughs> like it might. It, he actually went to a, a perfumery to have it made, uh, and it and it. But I read a, a, a brief art because once I heard about this, like I'm not doing anything else till I read more like about seventy five dollars. Innocence by Misty, yeah, it's seventy five bucks, and it sold out. But there is a woman that that uh, wrote an article for like MTV something, and uh, she uh, she wore it out one night, and um, basically c the consensus was it. Probably had smelled 
along the lines of something you pick up at a grocery store grocery store perfume. So here's another thing I just want to say real quick. Um, so the first video that was released um, for this album was the the Chateau Lobby. Number four, two virgins, C for in C for two English virgins, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, somebody got murdered in a wedding dress, yeah. and uh, so uh, the video is pretty awful. It's just boring, and he's quoted it as saying, "Like I don't really care if you like the video or not." The label didn't like the video. Management didn't like the video. I don't give a shit. Um, it's just blurry, whatever. But his original idea for the video would have been amazing. And that is, he wanted to rent a chapel and have a kitten wedding. <laughs> of course you'd love that. <laughs> he, he wanted to have a kitten wedding in a chapel, which he would preside over. You know. And, and intersperse with, like, cuts to where it's just, like, him lip-syncing the song straight into the uh, camera. Can I just say that that sounds like the self-video that I've already played for you yeah, guys? Yeah, that's true, like, Shane. You didn't like, bite when yeah, uh, he did not, not do the Shane cat did not like no, that No, 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 no. Two, two, two different things. Those were trained full-grown cats, not erratic. Full-grown cats are not as funny as Not kittens. erratic kittens. Number two. <laughs> trained is father, the funny part father, of that. You can train a house cat. Father <laughs> John Misty was not involved. Like, like anything that sounds remotely weird that this dude is 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 into is going to be 10 times weirder than it initially sounds can i uh, and i can i'll probably edit this out but i just i have to read some quotes from mtv hive uh this uh oh, about the this article about the perfume yeah um so the this the author wore this out to uh, to a bar didn't really get much reaction well had men talking to her, but she said it was probably more that she was complaining about the presence of babies in the bar. Which is a um, really good reason to complain. Yes. So my reporter's instinct was not sated by this experiment, however, so upon arriving to work, I decided to poll ten random male co-workers, asking them to choose the misty lyric that best captured the scent as it wafted across the <laughs> office. Results were mixed, mostly because men polled opined that the fragrance designed for women smelled more like dude juice. Dude juice. Out of <laughs> that is the best. Co- I'm gonna like, call my. If I get famous, I'm gonna call my cologne line. Dude I'm, I'm juice. Gonna, I'm gonna call my Nickelback cover band. Dude juice. By the way, of, I don't even want to know <laughs> what's at dudejuice.com. I have, I have no <laughs> desire. You probably do not want to go down. Out of the road. ten polled, five stated that they equated the smell to. Pour me another drink and punch me in the face. <laughs> Three stated that the scent was more akin to Jesus Christ girl. The majority of those polled didn't seem to have a favorite opinion of the smell, musing that it smelled like pickles, sweet dirt, bug spray, and or a bar on the Florida Alabama border. Sweet, sweet dirt, man. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite. That's that's, that's, that's my another good cover band. band. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like it. Sweet dirt. Be like out, uh, outlaw country, but like with strings. Sweet dirt could open forget. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I just read? The night Josh Tillman uh, came to our apartment equals the lemon pipers plus sunny and share. Uh, oh, you're talking about? I was like, what the fuck are you? Well, babbling? I want you to unpack that at some point. Okay. Well, okay. well, yeah. that's a great. That's that's the best song title on the album. Can, the, <clears throat> the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment. And the other sure. one uh, that I wrote is uh, I went to the store one day equals Elton John plus John Denver. 
Um, and I'm just talking musically. Like the the lyrics are way more oh. clever than any four of those acts that uh, Elton John Denver would be a great Elton name John Denver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna do shitty cover band names for the rest of the show. Uh, but my second uh, favorite dude song, Juice could open for. I'm sorry, Ryan. Yeah. No, no, no. But my second favorite song on the record is uh, the Ideal Husband, which is the other one that doesn't sound like the rest of the record. Although the entire record is great. I knew you were gonna like that song. The Ideal. Well, husband. it rocks. It actually reminds me of it one rocks, of your songs. Yeah. Uh, so we all agree that that lyrically he's clever, but uh, is he twee? No, it's too ornate to be twee. You think twee? Yeah. yeah. No. Is he precious? Like, uh, like occasionally does but, does he does does he doth protest too much? I mean, like, well, I mean, those are two different things. I mean, you could say precious. Like, I mean, there is there's twee's a little bit kind of cutesy, and I wouldn't necessarily call it cutesy. Yeah. Well, no, I think Snarky that's, that's fair. might be closer to what he well, is. Well, but sure. he's but he's got two different. He's got two competing. Um, is it is it ever clever for its own sake? I guess is maybe what I'm trying to ask. Occasionally. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I definitely think I I thought that uh, every so often, like I I think you're right. Yeah, clever for clever sake. But you have two competing places that he's coming from in this ra- in the record that don't always lay together very well. Um. But usually on this one, do and that's there's a little bit of um, wistfulness, um, earnest sentiment, and um, snarky, uh, clever, shitty humor. Yeah, he kind of gets to his earnestness like by like three separate steps or something. He comes around to earnestness. Well, like I think it, I think there's there it depends on like or maybe there's so much snarky and humor well, that it's hard to. Take him seriously. Well, I think some of these songs are just straight up love songs. You know, a lot of them are. Like, yeah, but like the, he's clearly like very in love with his wife. Yeah. Well, you know, let's um, let's listen to one more of these songs. Uh, and I was gonna say, it's your record, man. I don't know. I was gonna say, you know what I want to do because we talked about this earlier. Strange Encounter. I was gonna say Born in the USA, but I want to listen to Strange Encounter because we talked about it at the top of the show, and one of the reviewers said that there's not a hook in this song and that's just insanity to me only ever be the girl who just almost died in my house after you looking through your telephone run you a bath and try hard not to freak out so Super intense for me. Like, there's this. It's a beautiful song. I think the drum, reco- like the drum production, is beautiful on that. Yeah, I was thinking it was timpani, but it's just how he's playing it with the toms. Like, the I think bum- it's how bum- it's recorded. Bum- 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 bum. Well, no, he's also playing it like 
I don't know, but it's just and super it, intense. I mean, it's that about sort of a George Harrison guitar interlude in there, and and the the lyrical content is super. It's just so intense. Like it's it it's like white knuckle. You know, uh, she overdoses and he puts her in the bathroom and she comes back to life. And you know that all the songs on here are pretty much true stories. So you don't know if it's about his wife or somebody before, but. And the, and then that that line the moment you came to I I swore that I would change like just it's just really intense. So for the dude that wrote that review to say that that song has no hooks in it like I don't know what the well he might be just be thinking of like immediate pop hooks but you know that that song changes a little bit and they're they're not necessarily like in your face hooks but no it's melodic as hell yeah I mean and it's it's um right I mean not every song has to be um. You know, uh, Whitney Houston's "And I Will Love You." You know, that's that's, or, that's, or that's Supergrass. Uh, feel all right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was being sarcastic about uh, the Whitney Houston song, but yes, feel all right. That You're, is that is one just massive hook. That's in your all face. it is. It's yeah. like two and a half minutes of like just ma- yes, two well, little uh, snippets from the two pussies, two snippets from Dos the. Panoches. From the uh, Guardian review that I touched on a little bit earlier that I think are kind of interesting. One is, uh, I guess this is a note about why he conjured the name Father John Misty uh, in the first place. And he said that uh, he liked the way it sounded, that Misty evokes either a beloved childhood horse or a stripper. (laughs) Well, well, also, just that's great, but just interject just for a second. Uh, uh, It had something to do with the, he he had a dream and he made out with his brother who was his twin brother that he doesn't have or something in the dream, and that guy became Father John Misty. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And actually the dream motif will come up just a little bit later when I have uh, the last segment, but... Uh, oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, the la- and the la- the other thing I was going to share is that that it says here that uh, the libidinal release of Father John Misty is a day glow illustration of what's possible when you stop giving a hoot and start being yourself, which sounds a little bit like the start of the real world. But <laughs> dude, I read this. I read this article and I thought the same fucking thing. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that just has more to do with me. But anyway, no, I, th- uh, I thought the same thing. So maybe it's just us. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but. Funny, the Dayglow illustration thing stuck with me, too. I was like, what a terrific way to say that he is uh, hyper-visible. So, anyway. Dude is nothing if not articulate. Oh, yeah. As opposed to us right now. I know. I'm just, I'm just like guttural sounds. I'm like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about the whole myth of, of Father John Misty. Oh, you know what? A lot of these interviews, and we, we don't even have time to talk about, to even get into this, and we probably don't want to. But um, none of the press for his earlier stuff uh, talked about this, but I guess like he's really bringing it up a lot now in that he grew up in a crazy fundamentalist Christian household. I remember that. Um, yeah, I did a little research for the first record, and, and yeah. He it came up a little bit, but in this in this one, like it was a big part of a lot of these interviews. Uh, I guess he's he was estranged from his parents, and they've reconciled somewhat now, so he feels more comfortable talking about it. But um, yeah, that's crazy, of course contributes to the overall psyche of an of an interesting man well and and maybe it says something to the fact that like maybe it's actually a testament to his health that his sense of humor remains intact um good listen what do we got next oh yeah ryan uh yeah i've got uh what are you calling it a current affair all right just tell us and we'll listen to a song yes uh oh jesus you can't even remember what you fucking pick for your own the wonder years 
uh, is what it's called. It's like a band. with Winnie and uh, Kevin. Kevin Arnold. Like that. By the Kevin Arnolds. Yes. Uh, it's called The Wonder Years. And it's called Cardinals. crew of all time <laughs> the wonder years <laughs> cardinals like we, we we really gotta get lunch you need to hurry it up we gotta go we gotta <laughs> yeah, go 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 step it up step it up all right we can't do it later well i mean to their credit though the dude wasn't visibly injured well so, you know i know he didn't i didn't see he blood. wasn't bleeding he could have just been tired right well and uh he was being carried by a craft brewer so it could just be. I think like, they were doing that thing where, like, because you don't see the the paramedics until the end. I, mean, I think they were doing that thing where, like, they were stopped and you get really close, and then they'd like take off. They're just head. they're just yeah, drunk, that little, that funny joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're they're like <laughs> injury. The ambulance driver was like fourteen and drunk. Injury humor, you know. Well, but so as, as EMTs do. So let's let's back uh, up and 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 discuss what this. Very easy concept of a video is with a with granted you're right a good a nice payoff in the end. Um, this <laughs> yeah. dude just comes this bearded. Well, and I'm pretty sure it was meant earnestly, but it's just funny. No, it's there's no way it's meant earnestly. It's supposed to be funny. There's I, n- I don't know, man. Like, there, there's no way that they will have okay. The, that they, band sounds really emo. No, that's they're really emo and and completely. I've heard that song a hundred thousand times before. Have you really? Um, no, I'm just saying I've heard which <laughs> songs like it. Songs like it. Like that it's, seems like a high. It's number. indistinguishable to <laughs> me from from many songs. Uh, however, as the song went on, that that chorus started to. It's it's a it better grow chorus. Grow me a little bit. Grow me a little bit, but but yeah, come on. There's no doubt. It's emo. You were it, right. Yeah, Capital it's, E. It's, it's yes. But uh, so the guy comes out. The bearded brewer, I guess, comes out with cutoff shorts and. And uh, it comes out of the woods carrying this other guy. I'm assuming they're members of the band. And he like goes through a basketball court. And then the crazy thing was is that I don't the, know the how. Guy, the bearded guy is a member of the band. The guy he's carrying is not. Well, out. I hope that the guy that he was carrying. I hope he's a fan. Was a really. I hope they like went and he found the, the lightest dude that he could find. Because the guy carries this dude. For, for like a good block, at least. No, more than. I mean, it's about two minutes long, like where he's carrying yeah, but it's this in guy. Slow motion. Can I just say that I? It's noticed not really in slow motion. It looks like it's in slow motion. It's, it's got to be. He was running like really slowly at first, and then he started walking, and he's just pacing and walking. I mean, it wasn't in slow motion. Can I? Can I just say that I noticed that uh, homeboy that he's carrying, you know, who is supposed to be the victim, uh, like sort of, like works like. Like yeah, gets a little, gets a little, he gets a little bit of a better grip. I'm doing like a hand thing here, like yeah, like his yeah. one hand, uh, like sort of like 
he grabs a hold of the dude's shirt, like, toward the end of the thing, and I was like, oh, you're not that hurt. Like, you're fine. You're not yeah, bleeding yeah. motor skills? Yeah, whatever. There, and there were some people, there were also some people that were, like, shooting basketball or yeah, and playing. They they, stop and, and look they over just stop and, like, and look, hey, and they, nobody yeah. offers to help. I mean, there's no mm. way that that was meant to be earnest. It's a, shit, it's a shitty neighborhood. I mean, let's be honest. It's a shitty white suburban, it doughy was a white white suburban and, and they just hate yeah. injured people in that neighborhood. So yeah, yeah, they're, like, they're yeah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, motherfucker. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, they're, they're slowly walking down the street faster than a cannonball. I was gonna um, thank you for, <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> and, and get right up. The, don't walk. Get right up to the that. ambulance. The guy is waving him in, and then they just bail. Yeah, well, the ambulance just keeps going slowly yeah. while the guy is waving in. I thought that who I don't know which one of you guys said that, but. Yeah, it's like the, come on, come on, get in the car, and then they step on the gas and have it jump forward a little bit. And the yeah. last thing he's saying is, like, shouldn't drink so much craft beer. <laughs> That's right. Now you have to be yeah. a relief pitcher with they that. just take hair. off, and then he looks, like, crestfallen, like, well, I guess you're just going to die now. He's just standing in the middle of the street like, what? I really was waiting for him to drop the guy. Yeah, can, like, can I put, can't believe can I put he put you didn't. down now. Like, like yeah. carrying anybody for that long of a period of time has got to be uncomfortable. No, I don't even like to carry a train of thought that far. Like that's awful. Obviously, what was that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did me you sit, Did you sit on that thought? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I'm about to kick it your way. All right, well, let's yeah. do it, Ryan. Yeah, what you got for us next week? Uh, I'm you know a record I have never actually I've probably heard a couple tracks off of. I'm gonna that's revisit kind of the point of the show. I'm revisit the punk vault, if not. I guess maybe proto-punk, but Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges. All right. Oh. I, I don't even know if I do anyway. Any songs off that album? I'll bet you do. Uh, I think um, I Want to Be Your Dogs on that. All right. I know that one. Yeah. Okay. But it's a, it, as, you know, punk enthusiasts go, it's considered a seminal record, and I don't know it. That's a, that's a good pick. Kevin, you know where you're going in two weeks? Yeah. So, uh... So I just got to thinking about this the other day, and I was like, uh, you know, circa 2002 or so, there was a record that was that seemed to be everywhere at once, uh, and then this I haven't heard a lot a ton from this band since, but uh, the Eagles. But I ne- I didn't I didn't own the record at the time, and uh, I don't own it now, and uh, I figure we'll take a crack at uh, Dove's the last broadcast. Wow, you're right. I owned that at one point, and I don't. We anymore. have not heard anything about that yeah. for a long time. I know, and and it's like, and we can unpack the reasons why. But uh, I, I, I have think I learned a little bit. Of, did you go? S- like, I saw that album. I saw them play in. Um, they've actually put out one album since then. Right. Yeah, we'll, we can talk all about that. But I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, that album, I know the lead the, the of the one before. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, good pick. Okay. There you go. Cool. I saw them. I was so drunk, I had to hold one hand on my eye because they started getting getting a little blurry. I had to like I had, one, we, I had to one eye the doves. Are, are we done with the show yet? Yes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Good to be back. <laughs> Yay! Bye.